0: The Poly and the Princess Granule by William Theodore Parks. Read for LibriVox.org by Lynda Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. The man who confidently seeks to set up a new idea by upsetting an old theory or tradition is one who lives in advance of his time, whereby he forfeits many valued amenities of contemporous courtesy but he is to be extolled for the moral heroism that impels him to advance new facts into the study of history or explode errors so steadfastly grounded on the popular belief that he finds himself pen to pen with a hostile army of savants aquinarians historians and critics some stirred with spirit of envy others with a craving for notoriety but all unanimous and up in arms with loaded pens and arsenal of ink pots in this regard i find myself by placing the correct revision of a popular tradition before my discerning readers i have to confess that it was not though deep and industrious research that i am thus enabled to challenge the truth of the accepted records it was though the chance afforded by an hour of breezing seascape recreation that i discovered the mysterious chronicle the popular tradition is thus related by dr walsh the celebrated Ill or graisma alley noted for her theatrical depredations in the reign of elizabeth returning on a certain time from england where she had paid a visit to the queen, landed at Howth, and proceeded to the castle. It was the hour of dinner, but the gates were shut. Shocked at an exclusion so repugnant to her notions of Irish hospitality, she immediately proceeded to the shore, where the young lord was at nurse, and seizing the child, she embarked with and sailed to Connaught, Where her own castle stood after a time however she restored the child with the express stipulation that the gate should be thrown open when the family went to dinner a practice which is observed to this day when the hill of howeth was covered by a city great and grand and nuggets were still gathered like cockles on the strand on the shore Around by Sutton a children's maid was met, Who was wheeling of a baby in a sky-blue bassinet. And as the maiden cycled, that infant by the sea, Down the boreen from the bailey came number ninety b. And he sudden lit his eye on, he sudden had her set, That slavery with the baby in the sky-blue bassinet. He held aloft his baton, saluted like a man said he "I'm almost certain your name is Mary Ann, the surgeon up in Boreen, in the distance there is gone, will make the distance greater if you and I move on for fifty years. I've ambushed and watched around me bait, but never met a sweetheart that took me so complete, and what's a bait?" it's nothing to a police when it's gone i'm gone on your me darlin let you and i move on oh holy smoke avarine i've never seen your like as sure as my name is duly with the christian name of mike i swear it by this number on my collar which you see i'm shockin fond of you agra said number ninety b he took that trusty maiden to the adjacent strand a punt is on the shingles conviant here to hand put the bassinet into it said the blue official fox we'll go and look for wrinkles though seaweed on the rock now whether or for wrinkles or what it was they went They stayed away much longer than was their first attempt. A thoughtless time that stranded them in a piteous plight. The tide was in, O Moses, the punt was out of sight. Upon that woeful morning, the fact we might not shunt, The little Lord St. Lawrence was kidnapped by a punt, And reverberated wailings of his nurse is echoed still, with oathings of the police around Ben-Hader Hill. But then it struck that police, a hopeful thought of Mark, and to the weeping servant he muttered, whist, and hark, then put his index finger abaft his coral nose. how on, I'll go and square it. I've got a scam, here goes. The crafty rogue departed and told the spacious tale of how the child was stolen by the princess Granule. He told the weeping mother he almost thought he knew from information he received that he had got a clue. When Granuelle was challenged, it struck her she could make a profitable bargain in re her nephew's sake. T'was just before his teething his nose was but a blob like every other baby's so she could work the job a tourist came from connaught she owned that it befell that she had left her galley to find a cheap hotel but when she reached the castle with appetite it shocked her when she found the outer door at dinner time was locked she thought it mean and stingy the child she lifted then and told the subtle police she'd give the child again in safety to its father if he would leave the door at dinner always open on the latch for evermore upon lord Howth she fathered her nephew in this way that he might be ancestor of viscount Howeth to-day And if you want a dinner, I'll give you all a tip. There's just a fleeting moment. I've always let it slip. The minute hand records it upon the castle clock. And if you're up that moment, you'll have no need to knock. Walk in, the door is open, and make a hearty mail. And thank the crafty police and the princess Granuelle. And now about the baby his voyaging began before he'd had his teething and still he's not a man he's yet a child whose ravings across the ocean flew of who am i and where am i and what am i to do he never grown a whisker he's never known a beard of hair upon the cranium he never yet has heard and so he is not altered he's still in status quo as bald and snub and chubby as three hundred years ago three hundred years are over and lo he's living yet he made a sleeping cabin from the sky's blue bassinet he made the punt commandious with wreckage that he found but of a human sinner he's never heard a sound HE LIVES WITHOUT A PURPOSE, AN OBJECT OR INTENT. THREE HUNDRED YEARS OF WAITING IN IGNORANCE ARE SPENT. HE LIVES AND FOR THIS REASON, BECAUSE HE NEVER KNEW OF WHO HE IS OR WHERE HE IS OR WHAT HE IS TO DO. HE NEVER SAW A SAILOR, HE NEVER HAILED A SAIL. THE PENSIVE PENGUIN HEARKENED UNTO HIS ONLY WAIL. The albatross did follow, he shrieked him for the clue. Oh, who am I, and where am I, and what am I to do? He pleaded to the swallow, and mother Carey's chicks, of his expatriation, and in his devilish fix, besought the mild octopus, and all the ocean crew. Oh, who am I, and where am I, and what am I to do? HE HAILED THE GREAT SEA SERPENT, THE COMPREHENSIVE WHALE, THE FLYING FISH TO ANSWER, THE BURDEN OF HIS wail, OF WHAT THE DEUCE HAD HAPPENED, THAT LIFE WAS ALSO BLUE. OH, WHO AM I, AND WHERE AM I, AND WHAT AM I TO DO? HE IS NOT DEAD, IT'S CERTAIN, I MERELY MENTION HERE. HE MAY BE IN MID-OCEAN, OR YET HE MAY BE NEAR. THE NORTH WALL BOAT MAY HAIL HIM, IT'S PROPHECY THAT YET, HE'LL BE THROWN UP AT SUTTON, IN THE SKY-BLUE BASSINET. BE WATCHING ALL THE PAPERS, FOR SOON OR LATE SOME DAY, IN LEADED TYPE YOU'LL SEE IT, WITH A BIG DISPLAY, OF capitals ABOVE IT, OF CLAIMANT WHO WILL KNOW, OF WHAT TO DO AND DO IT, AND ONE WHO'LL HAVE TO GO. Now most of you will question the record I recite. To clear your doubts about it, I think it's only right. To tell you I was searching for cockles at Black Rock, when, lo, my heart was fluttered with interesting shock. I saw a feeding bottle that lay upon the strand. I stooped anon and gripped it with sympathetic hand. I thought it might be Jetsam of baby that was drowned but looking through the bottle a manuscript i found and there in broken irish it states the fact that he had sealed it in his bottle and still he's on the sea with anxious intimidation that yet he seeks the clue of who he is and where he is and what he is to do